Ah, yes. Let the smooth sounds of Casey and the Sunshine Band ensconce you like a warm blanket on this chilly night here in Southern California. Hello, friends. Ryan McCarran here bringing you yet another episode of the as yet unnamed Ryan and Casey Screen Podcast. <laughs> we need a new name for this show, everybody. So sound off on the Facebook page if you have any thoughts. This is a television and film podcast dedicated to saying bad things sometimes about episodes, as we did in our first episode about Fifty Shades of Grey, and of course, sometimes good things about films that we've seen, including this episode here that you are listening to right now. Of course, it wouldn't be a show without my partner, so hello, Casey. Hello, Ryan. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? What film are we going to be talking about and just completely spoiling every aspect of tonight? Kingsman the Secret Service. Kingsman the Secret Service. Why, that's a pretty recent film, isn't it? Yes. It came out the exact same weekend. They're both Fifty Shades of Grey, yeah. yeah. So both Valentine's Day weekend. Both we appropriate, I think. Yeah. Very appropriate. We had the pleasure of uh seeing both of them in the same weekend and I think it's safe to say we liked one slightly more than the other. Mm-hmm. Barely. It's really close. Yeah. And you can see how much we love Fifty Shades of Grey, so you can almost imagine how much we like this movie. Uh-huh. So, well, let's just kick it off. I mean, what sort of things do you want to say about this? I know there's so much kind of to go through. Maybe we could recount some of the plot, possibly, maybe give an overview of it, or, you know, kind of wherever you think we should start. I'd like to even start with what I was, like, saying. Like, I think that they picked a really good weekend to release this movie mm-hmm. on. Um not only is it counter-programming to um, Fifty Shades of Grey, which I feel like would be for a female audience, and this is like an action movie based on a comic book for a male audience, but uh, the villain of the movie is named Richmond Valentine, and there's a big countdown at the end going towards V-Day, yeah. so I feel like it was a perfect weekend to release this movie. We say perfect weekend because it was actually moved from last summer, much to our disdain. Um, moved to the weekend in February. And when you see a movie that is supposed to be released in summertime and moved into February, it's not always the best idea, as evidenced with another film that we saw recently, Jupiter Ascending. Um, That film was supposed to come out last summer as well. It got moved to February and really just seemed like the studio was trying to burn it off. This one actually makes sense having it here. And it actually did reasonably well, I think. It beat its expectations. It made about $35 million over the weekend, which for an R-rated action movie that is going up against a juggernaut possible franchise film in Fifty Shades of Grey on Valentine's Day weekend, I think that's about as well as they could have done, if maybe not a little bit better. And I think they're already thinking sequel as well because it did, it's done so well. And we hope that it will continue to do well. Um, on into, you know, the early uh, early summertime. Yeah, as of right now, it has made $88 million worldwide, and it cost 81 So it's doing pretty it's good. It's going to do really well. For being it's, out a few it's, days. It's going to make its budget back and more. Um, so, I mean, good for it. You know, it's nice to see these films that actually seem to have a little bit of brains behind them. The uh, action is great. It's sort of a, a very, very good film good for Matthew Vaughn too I mean not like he needed it but I think he is kind of really underrated as a filmmaker and we talked a little bit about this as we were leaving but um, I feel like his name is rarely mentioned with the other great filmmakers of the day 
um, you know, Nolan and Spielberg and Fincher and all the Andersons and things like that. But he really hasn't missed yet. I mean, he's made five really solid and also really unique movies. I mean, he can go gritty with a movie like Layer Cake, his first film. And he can go dreamy and stardust or he can do something really big budget with X-Men First Class and then maybe something a step down budget wise with this movie. So he can kind of really work with a lot of different people and everything has pretty much been just as good. Yes, definitely comic book movies. Was Stardust a comic book movie too? Well, no, but I mean, that's at least three. So his last three would have all been because Kick-Ass is a comic book movie. Oh, right, because Kick-Ass too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so Kingsman the Secret Service um, is based on a comic book by Mark Miller and Dave Gibbons. And in the comic book, they all worked for MI6, but here they are really their own agency. So they're basically, they're just going to kind of like help out the world and stuff. They're basically James Bond, Mm -hmm. but there's a group of them. Um, They're independent. Yes. And they kind of are, they call themselves like the New Knights. So they have code names like Arthur and Lancelot and Galahad and their tech guy is Merlin. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and the it opens um, in the Middle East in 1997, and something that I really enjoyed was that it starts with a helicopter flying in that's shooting at a building, and as the debris falls off the building, they become, like, the opening titles, mm-hmm. and I thought that that's kind of your first sign that we're going to have fun here. This is going to be yeah. a fun action movie. Which was funny, because I thought when I saw those fall off, before I knew they were going to be titles, I was like, wow, that... Those special effects do not look very good. Like, they they blow up this part of the building, and then they fall, all this debris. I'm like, really? We're off to a bet? Oh, it's the letters. Yeah. I get it. Oh, it makes perfect sense now. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was a really fun little thing that, that they threw in there. Nice way to tie in the, the the what's going on in the screen with what, you know, with what they're trying to do with the titles and stuff, so... Um, but yeah, so it starts out with um, the Kingsman questioning a guy, and the guy that is in charge, who ends up being Colin Firth, um, was not aware that the person they were questioning had pulled the pin on a grenade. And so um, one of the Kingsmen um, basically takes it for the team and throws himself on top of this person and saves the lives of the other people in the room. One being um, Colin Firth, who plays Galahad. Uh, one being Mark Strong, who is their tech person, Merlin. Um and um, there were two other guys in the room. Well, one of them, it was oh, Commodore Norrington. Yes, yeah. from Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. That's all we were ever um, referred Lancelot. to him as. He's the, he's the first yes. Lancelot. Yeah. Um, so, um, so basically now uh, Colin Firth's character, um, who is Harry Hart, uh, he has to go and tell the wife um, that his... I guess coworker has this has, her husband. Yes, yeah. has, has died, mm-hmm. um, and gives her a little medal, basically saying, you know, if you're ever in trouble, like you can call this number, and which doesn't console her very much because really she just wants her husband back. So he goes and talks to this little boy on the floor, um, Gary, who they call Eggsy, mm-hmm. um, in the movie, and he gives him um, the medal. The medal. Yeah. And so if you ever get in trouble, call the call number on number. the back. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really cool. That that opening scene, I thought, told a lot about the characters in that they're kind of portrayed right off the bat as badasses because they, they're questioning this guy and Colin Firth shoots him in both kneecaps really quickly. That's true, he does, yeah. And, you know, it shows their great shots because they're flying in 
and they shoot the 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 these two um, I guess terrorists uh, just with one shot from a helicopter. Um, so it shows them that like these guys are the pro, they're the best, um, but they're also vulnerable who can be killed. Yes. So it kind of it, it sort of is like well this is something that you can expect like they're not invincible, um, and I think that's really neat that they they set that expectation so early on for later on in the, in the movie. I yeah. Thought. So that you know that there's stakes throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. that it's not like any you know. Yeah, and there is a lot of unbelievable and just really over-the-top action and violence and um, fight scenes and things like that as you go along, but you're always still grounded in the fact that, like, okay, these are still normal humans who can be injured and killed at the same time. Yes, they can. And I feel like because it also is a comic book movie, you give them some leeway that, okay, maybe they can jump a little higher than you can or they're going to do flips. So the action is all really stylized um, and really enjoyable. It makes it a lot of fun yeah. because of it. Well, so many good stories um, happen out of people overcoming something. Everything isn't easy. They don't have a whole like easy life and then just decide to, well, I'm just going to do this extra great thing yeah. as well on top of it. It's like so. my parents were murdered or my uncle was murdered or I'm a mutant help or something. Yeah, it's never like, oh, man, I just saved a whole bunch of children from diseases and now I'm going to go do a hero thing somewhere else. Oh, yeah. there, there definitely is a lot of tragedy involved, so... Yeah, so I think that that worked in the movie, and I like that also we got the sad part out of the way before you even see the title of the movie. So it's like, okay, something bad happened, we can all move on now, we're going to have fun. But, you know, it, it came from somewhere. So There was a guy that walked into the, the, the screening that had just completely missed all of that. Like, if you miss the first four or five minutes, not that it won't make sense, but you'll definitely miss a certain linchpin of tragedy or a certain thing that that you're maybe going to need later on in the film. Well, you're not going to know where the medal came out. Yeah. Yeah, so. like, what is this thing this guy has? Um, but yeah, but I think uh, the movie has a lot of things going for it. It has great action, which I think um, I probably enjoyed the most. The church scene oh, gosh. was yeah. really great. Um, and I really like the skydiving scene also. Yeah, I mean, it had... What I wrote down was that it really it felt like there was no shame and it really earned its R rating. It wasn't even trying to toe the line between PG-13 and R. Matthew Vaughn just said, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to make it bloody and ridiculously violent. And he did. And it really works because they're not caught in that weird gray area between like, well, we're trying to toe the line between we should make money with PG-13 or, you know, we should give the fans what they want with it. They gave the fans what they want. And you know what? They still made money. So sometimes it can work both ways. And I really appreciated that they were trying to make a film with a little bit of teeth. Yeah. There's also cursing in the movie that I feel like would happen if you're in these situations where people are dying or trying to kill you or, you know, like things are happening and you're being surprised. And so I feel like that made it also more realistic yeah it definitely earned it, 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 it definitely earned the hard r that it that it got um but going off of the what you're talking about there is a great scene during the training of when of after when um Exy and a lot of other men and women his age have been recruited by other members of the kingsmen to basically. replace lancelot who right. dies trying to well let's back up okay um so 
that happens in the beginning. We get the the credit, so like it says, Kingsman: The Secret Service, and then we pick up seventeen years later, and um, the little boy who got the medal, Eggsy, is now grown up. His mother is now dating um, like a thug or a gangster, I guess, yeah. and he has like henchmen and stuff like that. And um, Eggsy has become, uh, I guess, like a street kid. He has a lot of, like, streetwear. That's how he dresses. He's got, you know, like, the, like, sideways hat and everything like that. And um, so, yeah, I guess he would just be, like, a street tough kid. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> to use your words. Yeah. Um, and. He doesn't seem to have a lot of direction. He doesn't seem to have a lot of things that are going for him. And actually, it's something that he talks about when he first meets Colin Firth is that they where he lives and the situation that a lot of people have you know, a lot of his friends and neighbors are in, they don't have a lot of options. They aren't giving many, uh, they aren't giving many options based on where he lives. So this is a way quite possibly to break out of that. And so he has to have all this street toughness and have his run-ins with the police because that's, that's what it's like living where he lives. Yes. And he steals a car um, from one of his, uh, I guess, mother's boyfriend's, henchman guys mm-hmm. and he steals a car and he gets caught because he doesn't want to run over a cat which I guess is one of your signs that it's his it is his He's literal, a good person. it is his literal save the cat moment yes and um, so he gets caught and doesn't know what to do and so he calls um, the number that he's supposed to with the metal to get him out of trouble and he immediately gets him out and um, Harry Hart is there to like pick him up and takes him for a drink and they kind of talk about um, his dad and the kind of person that he is, which is he was in like the military and then left because his mother was worried about him. And he's really smart. Yes. His grades are really good. So they kind of show yeah. you that he's an intelligent person. It just he hasn't really like gone anywhere, used any of it. Yeah. He's not using his potential. He's trapped in a in a weird, messed up situation where he's not able to use his gifts for any sort of purpose. It seems like. Yes. So. And uh, and then the guy whose car he stole comes into the bar with all of his friends. And um, Harry Hart tries to leave, uh, but the... They insult him. Yes, they insult him. And so he ends up basically beating them all up. And uh, Eggsy gets to actually kind of see a little more... The Kingsman in action. Yes. That's before he even knows... For all he knows right then and there that he is just a tailor because he introduces himself as a tailor uh, because Kingsman refers to this uh, tailor shop in London that used to make uh, army outfits for the soldiers fighting in World War I. Um, and so the tailor shop plays a big part in terms of, um, you know, you were saying they're saying they're the new knights. And so this is their new armor, and a suit is a gentleman's armor and things like that. So for all we know, Harry Hart is just a tailor. And when he goes and he does that great line and that great shot where he's locking the bar doors and saying, manners click, maketh click, man click. And those are all the locks of the doors of the bar. And you don't really know what to expect. He uses the uh, crook of his umbrella, Harry Hart, to throw a glass uh, the, with half, you know, full of beer into one of the henchmen's faces and he falls over and there's whole melee ensues. And it's just a, a holy shit moment because we don't know what he's capable of and uh, Eggsy doesn't know what he's capable of. So we're both kind of learning at the same time, like, wow, this guy is a, a total badass. Yeah. 
and Eggsy is impressed and um, Colin for Harry Hart basically takes him to then go and do kind of like a recruitment sort of like interview along with a bunch of other kids and he is the only one there in his kind of streetwear clothes and everybody else looks like they came directly from Oxford or Cambridge yes or, like they right. all look like they came from money and seem like they came from from money um but basically there's one position open since um and again we did not explain um <laughs> but uh there the villain of the film uh Richmond Valentine played by Samuel L. Jackson is a very interesting villain I like him a lot actually um and you don't know exactly what he's doing, but he, at the very beginning, has kidnapped uh, Professor Arnold, who was doing research for global warming. Um, Luke Skywalker himself. Yes. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Playing a British university professor in the role of a lifetime, really. Yes. Uh, in the comic That's book. That's where you're supposed to... Okay. Anyway. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, in the comic book, actually, uh, Professor... Or Dr. Arnold is um, the bad guy, and the first person he kidnaps is Mark Hamill. Fun fact. Oh. Um, But yeah, so Mark Hamill in this is playing Professor Arnold, who is a good person, and uh, he is kidnapped uh, from Samuel L. Jackson, who his motivation really was that he went to MIT, realized that we're destroying the planet and that global warming is a serious issue, and tried to get people to listen to him, and it didn't really matter. Um people didn't listen to him and it's sort of just no matter what we do we can't really do anything to fix it and he was upset by this and so he decided you know what I'm just gonna take matters into my own hands and basically um start to eradicate the population and be the one who controls the population is the one he's essentially playing god and say and and deciding who gets to stay on this new planet and who doesn't and sort of create this new world full of, you know, people that hopefully won't kill the environment. Yes, he also talks to some rich people that can help him kind of, like, get things moving. He's decided to do this by um, providing the world with free SIM cards under the idea that um, you get free calls, free internet for everyone forever, forever. is his line. Um, and so the idea, you can just go pick up one of these SIM cards. Um, and basically what they're going to do at moments of his choosing is that they will increase your aggression and get rid of your inhibitors. So basically everybody's just going to destroy one another. But they're going to want to destroy everybody. They're yes. Not, they're not really going to have a choice. No. Yes. So, I mean, that. I mean that's an interesting plan. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's a pretty evil genius plan i think um i mean something that i i don't i mean i feel like it it does a good job of sort of harboring fears over increased cell phone use and it takes it to this whole you know different level where the cell phone is doing is killing your brain cells or you're you know causing you harm a lot quicker than you know 20 or 30 years after using it um but yeah i mean he i mean he the the character he plays him a little bit zany with the lisp. He has a pretty bad yes. lisp, but I think that it just makes the character all that more memorable, really. He's sort of naive, too, I think. I mean, he's really smart and has a lot of money, but there's scenes, there there were parts where I feel like he was very naive, especially about violence. He has a whole aversion to violence where he, he hates says... Blood. He hates blood. 
He hates blood, which is funny for a spy movie supervillain to I, hate blood. Yeah, I thought that that was really great. There's a point where his um, henchman, his lead henchman, who is a woman named Gazelle, who um, has these amazing legs that um, they look almost like skis, or what would you... How would you describe them? I mean, she, she, it's, yeah, that's true. I mean, if you picture the, the only thing I can think of is a terrible example, but Oscar Pistorius, the runner who lost that's both who, of his legs. That's who was supposed to play this role. Oh, really? And he, something he, he, about, we got in trouble. Well, that was like later. It was that, oh, I think he didn't want to play somebody who was going to kill somebody and then killed somebody. And then actually but yes, somebody, that's actually yeah. who he wanted to, to play. Yeah. There you go. Because um, in the comic books, it's a man, but now it's a, a woman, which I think was a, a good choice. Yeah. I thought she, she did a great job. But, well, um, the women in this film, there's. They do ha- they, they, they play such an important part than maybe women in other films or in even the film. It, in the hands of a of a lesser director, I think. Um, I know it's something that you that you mentioned to me when we were watching it is that the women are all very strong in this movie. They're not used as props to to to, to prop anybody else up. I mean, they're they're no. they stand on their own. Yeah, like the two main women that are in this, neither of them are like girlfriends. Um, there is Samuel Jackson's henchman, mm-hmm. Gazelle, because of how she looks. Um, and she's very strong and put together and very deadly. And I feel like it's not that she is like, second rate or anything like that because she's a woman. She, in the end, is the main fight that Eggsy is going to have to go up against yeah. is is her. Um, right, because Samuel L. Jackson is just a rich against, billionaire. He's against violence, and yeah. um, there, which I feel like... I just I love that about him, and she even after Gazelle kills a bunch of women at one point, or sorry, a bunch of people at one point, and she has to cover them up with sheets and towels because mm-hmm. he does not want to to see any of it. He Before just, he even enters the room, he's standing yes. at the front door with the door closed, and she knows she has to cover up all these bodies and all this violence before he can even come in um, to talk to Doctor Arnold. So, as as we were talking about the the Gazelle ends up killing one of the Kingsmen who was there to save Professor Arnold. He uh, had tracked different um, different mass genocides in different places. He tracked it to Argentina where he found out that Mark Hamill's character, Dr. Arnold, was being held hostage, tried to save him, ended up dying. So his spot became free. He is Lancelot and the yeah. reason that they that the Kingsmen are now looking for recruits to replace him, which is why Eggsy gets brought in as one of them and a bunch of other people and uh, a woman is brought in, her name is Roxy and she is one of the other recruits and she is also very strong and um, in the end it comes down to her and Eggsy and um, being I think a great female role, she is actually the one that gets chosen and not mm-hmm. him to be Lancelot and at the end she also has an important role uh, being a Kingsman she is supposed to go into like the outer atmosphere and shoot a satellite down um, but yeah so she has a, a big part I feel like both of the women's roles Gazelle I was a little confused as if it were supposed to be romantic just because of like little moments between her and yeah. Samuel Jackson like he like pats her on the butt at one point and everything like that but he never like talks to her as if she's his girlfriend yeah he so, treats her as an equal yeah yeah so she's the muscle he's the brains yes um but I would agree that he does seem kind of um 
I guess he's not as refined. It's supposed to be a contrast between him and all of the Kingsmen. But he also, which I find really interesting, is that he dresses also in streetwear. So, like, mm-hmm. him and Eggsy look the same for most of the movie. Yeah. They're the only two that are dressed Those, that their way. Their styles are very similar, yeah. right? Yeah. I and I thought that that was something that um, was interesting. And also, like, later on in the film, after the wonderful church scene, which is uh, Richmond Valentine testing out his um, system to see if people are actually going to attack one another, and it works better than he planned, uh, and Colin Firth has gone there, or Harry Hart has gone there to investigate, and ends up killing 79 people inside of this. Is that, was that the official number 79, released by the film? Oh, okay. He killed 79 people in that church, um, and then he comes out, and uh, Richmond Valentine is there and ends up shooting him in the head. So... Mm. One of our lead characters, our mentor, has now died. But what it's I, not even that close to the end. I mean, there's still a whole climax. Probably like two, to third, go. two thirds of the way. Yeah. In. Um, well, we've alluded to that scene. That scene is fantastic. I think it's obviously it's clearly the best scene in the movie. It's already probably going to be one of the best scenes of the year. It is this frantic, frenetic paced, uh, single shot whipping the camera back and forth just finding a new way i mean for 79 people that died there were 79 different ways that they were killed yes he uses an axe at one point he uses a man as a human shield this is colin firth because he is in the church as casey said and so he is also being affected by the sim card and the inhibitors but he is such a master trained killer that he basically ends up shooting a woman in the face to the to basically the to the chorus or the uh, the the solo part of Leonard Skinner's Freebird, which is just this frantic. I don't know if you've ever played Guitar Hero or if you ever heard the song. It's just this frantic guitar, just constantly just shredding on the guitar, and it and it really fits it perfectly because, I mean, it's just it's it's a visually it's amazing it's unbelievable it I can't is. say enough about it and he uses all of his little spy gadgets mm-hmm. also so all the little things that he's introduced and told Eggsy about like along the way he gets to use all of those yeah um, little yeah he blows a guy up it. with a yeah with a uh, with a hand grenade and he is just he's kicking he's punching he's throwing guys out he's tossing guys over his shoulders yeah it's it's really great and and part of the the trivia apparently it was all done in one shot i don't know there's some really strange camera work going on i'm not sure if i believe it but even still even if it's two or three cuts because they do cut away at different points yeah maybe the idea is it's supposed to appear as if Mm -hmm. it's because it it does seem very continuous but it you know i think that's just kind of like the feeling that it's coming across Either way, it's it's wonderful. Um, it is, it is. But after he kills 79 people, he walks out of um, the church, not really knowing what happened to him, and uh, Richmond Valentine is there. Um, and since all of these people inside of the church did not also kill um, Harry Hart, Richmond Valentine just shoots him in the head. He right. just kills him. So we lose a major character two-thirds of the way in. Um, but also interesting about the villain is Gazelle asks him, like, basically, you know, didn't that feel great? And he's like, no, that was awful. Like, right. he doesn't enjoy it. He doesn't enjoy violence. It's just that he, in the bigger picture, is willing to sacrifice lives as a general, I feel like, number where you're not really thinking about it in order to save the planet. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention something about the, 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 they have the contrast between the Kingsman and Samuel L. Jackson 
and you know very refined versus a little rough around the edges there's a uh, a dinner scene with where Colin Firth uh, is he has an alias he's trying to get information on Valentine and flies to his home and you think they're going to have this very fancy dinner uh, Giselle rolls out this beautiful uh, buffet cart and she's going to um, she unveils the top and it's all McDonald's food so it's like McDonald's food that's not even unwrapped. It's or it's, it's not it's not even unwrapped. It's it's wrapped up still in the packaging, and she has a little I don't know a little bowl of the special sauce near it that she's spooning very carefully, and it's all played very seriously. And it was so interesting. He just thinks to serve McDonald's, and you know that's kind of who he is. Really. Yeah, which I think works for his character, and it works for product placement because it's like, well, we're gonna have to do product placement, but it's not just gonna be like a billboard behind you or a, where, or a 10 second pizza hut commercial yeah if you're adam sandler movie or yes. something oh god that's the worst <laughs> um but yeah it's it's played for humor like they just kind of take mm-hmm. it and make it humorous like in the situation so it's yes he is harry hart is supposed to be this billionaire who's going to donate a bunch of money to valentine and uh yeah he's decided to serve him mcdonald's yeah. and so maybe that's how he's made so much money yeah so he, very very british colin firth just says that he'll have the big mac yeah and you just see her unwrapping it in the back with like tongue so it's all done right very it, well and there's a point also where um the dr arnold character earlier on in the film um dies accidentally and samuel L. jackson is really upset about it yeah he's really upset he's you know we he, considered him like a friend and, and someone who whose research was important. Yeah. And, yeah, he he ended up losing him, and he was bummed. He was. He was it was a really cool yeah. way to die, though. It, <laughs> he does, he, he, he does, definitely doesn't get his hand cut off, but his head comes off in a way. But um, I think another thing that, I mean, kind of going along with, we've talked a little bit about the, the, the action and the violence, and it's so weird. I mean, I've been watching movies my whole life. I've seen you know, so many different action movies. But with this movie specifically, it seems like every major action set piece finds a way to be unique. I mean, we've seen 100 car chases. We've seen we've seen that a that 100 times. But I've never seen a car chase in reverse, which is what happens. I mean, maybe I can't remember it. It wasn't memorable enough. But... Because the there's the scene, you know, he 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 drives away, he steals the car. We mentioned a little bit earlier, and then the henchman gets on the phone to the boss saying, "Oh, he just stole my car!" And then, not two seconds later, there's a police car going forward, and Eggsy's stolen car is going backwards, and they're basically facing each other. They can see each other out the windshield, and the whole scene continues with Eggsy in a car chase driving backwards. I mean, the scene in the church. We've seen melee kills but we haven't ever seen anything like that before i mean there's a skydiving part i mean so all these things we've all seen them before but with this movie they do it does it so originally and so interesting that you don't mind that it's uh, that it's a it's a concept we've we've seen a bunch of times before I also think that they really create tension. Like, in mm-hmm. that skydiving scene, it's like, well, they're probably not going to kill Eggsy because he's the main character. But all the other people in it are really are expendable. And as they're falling, I feel like you feel the tension with them as they get closer and closer to the ground because basically they've been threatened that one of the parachutes isn't going to open and they have to work together so that somebody yeah. doesn't die. Um, and I thought that was a great scene. I thought there was a lot of tension in the whole thing. But it was – it's – the whole thing 
is it, it does a great job having being an, an homage to spy movies. I mean, it, this is yes. like a love letter to every spy movie, every James Bond, every Jason Bourne, every Jack Bauer, <laughs> as they said in the movie. Yes, um, they all get dogs. All of the recruits get dogs, yeah. and uh, Eggsy picks a pug, yeah. not realizing that it's a pug. It's a bulldog, right? And yeah. <laughs> Um, not realizing that it was not going to grow that much bigger than it than it already had as a puppy, but he names it JB, and the Michael Caine character um, Arthur later on asks him for James Bond. No, Jason Bond. That's my Michael Caine impression. Uh-huh. I get a chance to break it out. I didn't. I didn't, don't ever have that many options to do it. <laughs> I don't have that many outlets. Mm. I never do my Michael Caine impression or at home, anywhere. So you're hearing it for the first time. Everybody is. <laughs> Turns out the dog's name was Jack okay, Bauer. Okay, all right. <laughs> we got there eventually. This is my show. Okay, all right. It can it's be. It's not. It's okay. not my show. I think that the the whole movie also, along with you don't really know what's going to happen, I think that it tries to have fun with everything, but there is also some real danger. So, like, at the end, um, basically – They've like uh, Richmond Valentine has selected all of these rich people that have contributed to his cause to hide out in his bunker or their own private bunkers, and they will not be harmed um, and not affected by these SIM cards. But the rest of the world will be. So you get to see, you know, people fight, um, like at like a, a beach in at Rio. the beach, which yeah. I thought was really interesting because you don't often see like just a ton of people fighting yeah, in, in the sand. Or, yeah, like yeah. it's just so I feel like that was really interesting and entertaining. But they have it contrasted with like that's fun, but just to make sure that you there's like some real danger that Eggsy really needs to like stop this evil plan. Mm-hmm. You have um, his mother who has locked his um, little sister into a bathroom. And um, very shining esque moment where she yes is trying to break down this door to get to his little sister. So at the same time, where it's like, all right, well, in general, you're not attached to these random people on like a beach, and you're just kind of seeing all this spectacle. You have this woman who you really, you know, who is a good person who you do not want to murder a two year old baby child, yeah. and so it's like, no, there there is real danger here that we yeah. need to kind of. Um, get to something but yeah and it's all about stakes we talk about it in yeah. on tv we talk about it in other movies it's all about maybe not necessarily the main character dying because we think okay well they're not going to obviously kill the main character you have a gun on him okay he's probably not going to die but the general overall storyline there has to be something where you can kind of think man i really hope that they save the day i really hope that that something good happens because if it's an unbelievable story or if it's if it's something that you that you aren't going to be able to to believe, then yeah, you're 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 going to come out of it. But like you said, this movie did a great job creating tension and creating those like really high stakes and something really interesting, something really original too, playing off the technology craze today and everything. I think it was yeah, very very excellent. Um, I really think that. Uh, I mean, I, I'm always a big sucker for the soundtracks. Of films you see or heard a little bit in the beginning you're going to hear a little bit at the end as well um one of the songs that plays in the bunker which is kind of the climax of the movie um there's like three or four different action set pieces going on at one time at during the bunker scene where you have um lancelot uh, the Roxy, Roxy flying up in this weather balloon thing trying to shoot down a satellite from the 
edge of the atmosphere. You have Eggsy running and trying to, you know, escape from the bunker that he snuck into. And I mean, they have so many things happening at once and they're all set to different pieces of music. And that's it, it doesn't ever feel jarring when you go from one to the other because the music is there to cue you to each one. And I thought that was a really, really cool use of it. It never feels like you're being jolted or pulled from one to the other. Like, oh, I wish I didn't. It, it, is, it flows seamlessly. And I think that that's part in the end of the music and probably because probably of the editing as well. I really enjoyed the end. Mm-hmm. So at the end, um, basically what's happening is Samuel L. Jackson has, um, uh, what do they call it? It's like micro, what is Biometric. It? Biometric. Biometrics. So he basically, he has his hand on this. Um, Giant table that's also a screen. A screen yeah. to keep it going, to basically to um, have all the people fight themselves. And he's linked it up to his hand because he doesn't want this technology falling into the wrong hands. Which yeah. kind of just proves how crazy he is. But also in like, no, genuinely, like this could fall into the yeah. wrong people's hands and people could do terrible stuff with this because he genuinely is trying to do good but basically, yeah. he's trying to link um, satellites from all over the world to control all the SIM cards at once. So Roxy Lancelot's um, job is to destroy one of the satellites to prevent like the them to link to all to one another. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eggsy is trying to sneak into the bunker to basically infiltrate his computer system so that Merlin, Mark Strong's character... Can, Who like, was like the tech in. guy we He's mentioned the tech that guy, earlier. Which I yeah. think is a great also role for Mark Strong because he often is like the bad guy. He's the one that's always in it. He's the one that's going to be hurting people and doing the action. And in this, he gets to be a tech guy and mm-hmm. he also gets to be funny. So many of the characters, I feel like they don't have one character that is the comic relief. I feel like they all get their moments. Spread out a little in, bit. Yes, yeah. in different situ- like situations and things like that. So I, I really enjoyed that, that it wasn't like, oh, we have one person that, whose job it is, is yeah. to do this that really is probably unnecessary. Um, but yeah, so everybody gets to do that. But so yeah, so he's trying to sneak in so that Merlin can hack the whole system to try and stop the plot as well. Did you think for a second that maybe Mark Strong was going to, oh, surprise, he's going to really be a double agent or a bad guy or something? No. Because he is, he, we have been so conditioned to see him as a bad guy or someone, you know, who who, who turns on his comrades, but that you almost kind of thought maybe, well. Does he always turn, I feel like he often is a bad guy, but I don't know how often he, like, becomes the bad so much, guy. Yeah, well, if, maybe that was a poor choice yeah. of words. But if this Sean Bean was in it, then. Well, uh, then you know, for then sure. Then I know, yeah. yes. If Sean Bean's in it, don't trust him. Or he's well, don't gonna get, die. Well, don't get too close to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I didn't think that Mark Strong was going to because that was Michael Caine's job. Oh, wow. So, um, twist. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so I, I really enjoyed the end with yeah. everybody. Uh, it really sticks the landing. I mean, it, it, it does a great job setting everything up and it pays it all off just in absolute glo- all, all the violent, beautiful, bloody glory. That you hoped it would. Yes. Also, you get to see Eggsy finally in his suit because everybody else gets to wear a suit. Colin Firth, Harry Hart is in a suit the whole time, you know, because it's all disappointed that they're going to a tailor. So you get to see him in his in his suit. He wears the hell out of it. He really does. Men look nice in suits. If you want to look nice for a lady, wear a suit. Just, That's been fashion tips with just advice, Casey. Advice for everybody. That out show's there. coming soon to the McCarran Podcast Network. Just yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. Okay. Yeah. But Eggsy in general, I really liked his character. I thought that he was, um, he comes off as a really good guy. And not just because he saves animals, 
multiple times. Yeah. Um, but he's really helpful to Roxy in the whole process, even though they're competing against one, each, one, one, one another. another. Yeah. Um, he's really helpful to her. And again, it's not a romantic thing. It's not like he's trying to sleep with her. So he's always like helping her, you know, like encouraging her along the way. And mm-hmm. not that she necessarily always needs it. It's just that they're friends. They're friends. And they're generally helping one another. Um, Which again, in the hands of a lesser filmmaker, they would have parlayed the whole oh you've helped me this whole time into there's a passionate kiss or they start dating or you know or she gives up her role in the kingsman to be like well now you can have it now or because you what do you deserve it or you should go do or something yeah they they don't ever create yeah nope they're just friends yeah um and i liked that and also he's supposed to have this bit of a chip on his shoulder because his life hasn't really worked out that great but I liked that it never really got in the way. You know, I yeah. feel like there's movies and things like that battleship where somebody has a chip on their shoulder and it causes them to screw up just over and over again and just ruin everything for mm-hmm. everyone. I never felt like it took itself too seriously, which I think this it can fall. The movies like this can fall into the trap of I mean, you mentioned that everybody is the comic relief that there's jokes sprinkled throughout the whole thing constantly even some of the violence is played up as humorous there's a great scene where a bunch of people's heads are exploding very similar to what happened to mark hamill's head all the heads are exploding and there's a colorful explosion and there's this great classical music that's swelling it's and like it's like a water show it really is it's like you go see the the fountains at the bellagio yes but just with people's heads, heads exploding yeah. and it make and it sets up the final fight scene between he and between Eggsy and Gazelle, all these these bodies without heads just lying around in suits, in Yankee jerseys, and it just adds this extra layer of, of just kind of neat and cool. I think it really adds to the, that final fight scene that they have. But it plays more like a summer blockbuster than a February release. It's kind of nice to, because I think it would have gotten lost in the summer. Last year. It very well could have because there's so many action movies that come out in the yeah. summer that, you know, it's it's refreshing to have. Something a little bit, something to break up the monotony because we've, if you have, if you've seen all the Oscar movies or you have no interest in the Oscar movies and you're waiting until the Avengers comes out, there's a lot of months in the beginning of the year that just don't offer much by way of quality. I mean, unless you want to see the fourth Liam Neeson March release in the last four years. Um, but otherwise, I mean... Not, not that we're not going to watch it. But. Oh, of course. Oh, no, we're going to see it. We'll probably end up talking about it, too. Um, but the, just to see it and to have it be as good as it was, and I don't know how different it would have been if it would have been released in the summer. You know, what did they do? Did it make it? Did they make it better? Did they tweak it? Did they change anything? Um because, yeah, it, it would have just gotten lost in the shuffle. But the fact that it was released so early, it's going to be, you know, it's a memorable film throughout the rest of the year. I do think it's true that the movie doesn't take itself too seriously. It even references the fact that it's a movie because it mentions it twice. So, like, at the end, Eggsy calls back to, spoiler alert, to the very like the very end of the movie. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so at the end, um, when he has killed uh, Samuel L. Jackson by running one of Gazelle's legs through him, like, he... He mm-hmm. threw it through his heart, basically, and he is on the ground, and he asks him, basically, isn't this where you say some, like, terrible pun? And Eggsy just tells him back, like, the same that kind of movie, bruv. Like, yeah. he just says that back to him, which yeah. is really great. And then he just says, 
perfect. Yeah. He just dies. Yeah, it was great because th- that was not only a callback, but also a nice little reference to the fact that it is a it is a, it is that kind of movie. Yeah. You know, and but it's it's it, it has a lot more fun uh, with it. But yeah, I mean, along along the lines of that, there was an interesting little detail. Uh, that comes up a few times a visual detail where Colin Firth's character of Harry Hart, you see inside his house in London a few times. But on the walls, there's these unbelievable covers of the British newspaper The Sun, which is a tabloidish kind of exploitative, very much like the New York Post of news, where they are just all about eye-grabbing visuals and also these punny strange kind of interesting headlines they're never they're, they're only directly mentioned a few times uh because Exy he the reason he has them uh, on the walls is that he's using them to reference different missions that he's had throughout the years so at one point Exy points to the newspaper referencing the first royal wedding between Prince Diana and Prince Charles he points to it, and and Harry Hart says, uh, "Well, well, that was when I was saving so and so." And so they reference like his first mission, or something. Yeah, it, like it, was, it was something something in relation to the missions he's had for Kingsman. But looking at some of these headlines, they're unbelievable, and I don't know. I mean, they're not played up for humor. They're, they're real. Just, yeah, they're real, and they're really funny. So it's yeah. Because there's one there's one in particular <laughs> that stands out that at the screening we went to. Uh, a few of us caught it at the first when we first watched it, and then they cut back to it again, and it's just it's pretty prevalent. It's like over the shoulder, and it's in focus, and you can watch it, and you could kind of hear more and more people as, as people got to like, does that does that say what I think it says? What does it say? Brad Pitt ate my sandwich. What is that? <laughs> Why is that front page news? Uh, because, you know, if Brad Pitt eats your sandwich, I guess that's front page news. But it, it kind of was almost a little bit distracting. It's still a great scene. I just, yeah. um, I was so happy to just kind of like look around Be the room it, and yeah. try to find other things that were written on the wall. And so another one that we really enjoyed was Naughty Nun Touched My Bum. That one was fun. <laughs> there was like Deep Pain Pizza or Bride See Shark Eat Groom. Like they were just so funny to, yeah. to read all of these. They're almost like an onion headline or something. They're well, just... it's a tabloid newspaper. Yeah, I suppose It's so. like Bat Boy, you know? Right. It's their Bat Boy. They he, probably had Bat Boy as did well. Did he steal the sandwich? Okay. Did he take it from some... I don't... Un- it's not real. There's no way Brad Pitt ate somebody's... Like, the- Brad Pitt doesn't eat anything? That's all we've seen him do in his films over the right, last like, 10 years. that's why he doesn't years. have to steal random people's sandwiches. Unbelievable. That's why you have catering anyway. But we need to look that up, I Those think. were really enjoyable yeah. to, to see all of those on the... So that's kind of a nice little... Wall. That's kind of a nice little uh, visual gag that they have in there. Again sprinkled throughout um so we've done a lot of uh of talking about this film this is uh again an early contender one of our favorites definitely of the year we would definitely recommend it to people i hope it stays strong i feel like it's going to get good word of mouth it has decent uh rating on rotten tomatoes and i know we're just going to tell people about it because it's it's really great and the theater was actually pretty full that we went to yeah so i was surprised for a, a weeknight it was it, it was still pretty full so that was good I, I i'd like it to make money i think that more people should go out and, and support movies like this that are summer blockbusters but can also have a little bit of teeth yeah 
It's probably going to be difficult, especially for Hot Tub Time Machine coming out this weekend, just because Fifty Shades of Grey is still out, and I'm mm-hmm. guessing that's still going to be number one. It may have a drop off, though. It may not. Well, may I mean, not everything's well. going to drop yeah. off, but I feel like it's like, well, I didn't get to see it this weekend, or you know, what? we're going to go back. We're going to see it again. See the subtleties. Go and see, go and see Kingsman: The Secret Service. Yeah, though. you really should. You should it's do yourself great. a favor. It's so much more satisfying, and um, Eggsy is more attractive. Go watch Eggsy in a suit instead mm. of uh, Jamie Christian Dornan. Green. Yeah. Any other any uh, last thoughts or anything like that? Um, I think we pretty much said it. The action's yeah. great. It's funny. You yeah. know, the story is really interesting. It keeps you entertained the whole time. And um, we've seen it twice. Yeah. But I would go back and see it again. So yeah. everybody go out and see Kingsman The Secret Service. Go see it. It's a lot of fun. We want to support Matthew Vaughn. And uh, I promise you, I promise you the next time that we come to you, with with a review of cinema or television television we, possibly in the future we will have a title <laughs> for the show we will have a name for it because uh, we do want to do more than just rag on movies even though that's really a lot of fun to do too but, but yeah go ahead and uh, like the facebook page the mccarran podcast network um, we're going to have an email address maybe a twitter coming at you um, ways to uh, to get in touch with the show tell your friends about us we're very excited to be bringing you uh, content all the way we have all the stuff set up we have uh, the really exciting marvel show coming this week and uh, we've got it all lined up in the next couple of weeks to set up all the uh, baseball divisions. Uh, I've got all the people to talk with. Um, we're going to go division by division and uh, discuss off-season moves and uh, future, uh, maybe some future bets or something like that. So, again, thank you so much for uh, hanging in there with us. Again, go see Kingsman, the Secret Service, please. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.